0: Oh, we're on. We're on. Hello, and welcome to the swim brief, which I'll have to actually do some editing for to get rid of the awkward first three seconds of this recording. If uh, we're going to get rid of joined. awkward
1: stuff, I mean, then th- th- the editing yeah. is just going to be nonstop. So R- three right. seconds of awkward is nothing compared to like anything we have planned, actually.
0: Well, thank you for convincing me that I should just leave, just it, leave, in, it. Right. Just leave just it in, Joel. Just leave it in. You know, that's the kind of authentic experience people expect when they do it. I'm joined by uh, Joel Rawlings uh, today. Joel, how I'm are you? I'm doing
1: well, thanks. And you? You doing all right?
0: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I Even off the top, I, I do just want to say something. Uh, Eric Wyken is not here. Um, and I don't know when he will be, be back to the podcast. Um, he's indicated to me that he... Doesn't want to record it with us, Um, and I'm not going to say that much more about that. Except that uh, I think Eric has been amazing on this podcast. Um, I certainly would love to continue having him on here. I think uh, I think Joel feels the same way. So yeah, Um, yeah, (laughs) and uh, so you know, just for people who notice that he's not here, uh, I'm, I'm saying something, and then you know, when you finally get around to listening in three weeks and you wonder why Eric's not here and you missed this message, that's your fault. Um, uh, we, we put something out there. Today on the show, we're going to cover three topics. Is
1: it three topics or four topics? No, we talked about three remember? things. We're going to talk a little about U.S. Open. Yeah, We're going to talk about the uh, yep. transfers, receiving scholarships guaranteed, and... For life. Uh, no, the, for, the, for the rest of their eligibility. And the continuing <laughs> Cal Women's Saga. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think let's let's get uh let's get to u s open right off the top because I was doing my research this is probably the freshest um of any of the topics, even though it's been a little bit since the u s open happened we're we're both watching junior results mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we speak. I was kind of you know looking through the results, Joel and I was trying to go uh where where is there a swim that I can really you know dig my teeth into yeah. this then the other thing and overwhelmingly the most exciting swims from the meet probably came from summer Macintosh. And I don't want to talk about a specific swim. And I know you noticed her as well. I think most people that watched the meet noticed it. Um, but she's also competing at junior nationals this weekend, which is sort of what reminded me of this as a topic. And it, it goes back actually to a conversation that I had when I was in Denmark over the summer, people who, um, know a little bit about my business, know that I uh, continue to consult with some swim clubs in Denmark. And one of the things they were discussing over there is, you know, they have a national training center and nominally the national training center's job, you know, these these sort of like uh, national governing body centralized locations are about the fact that they they believe that the club environments that they have aren't really conducive to the highest level of performance. So let's create somewhere... That can help people who are, you know, trying to uh, swim at the World Championships, Olympics, medals. You know, try to get medals at those European Championships, et cetera, et cetera. But I heard something for the first time, and I kind of think this strategy, whether they were willing or not, Canada has actually already started to employ um, more and more, and that is there was an actual proposal within the Danish Swimming Union to say, we are going to intentionally keep our numbers at our National Training Center really small and invest a lot of money in those people. Because, you know, we want, right now we have X amount of people, but if we, you know only had i think it was something like five swimmers which to me is insane we're gonna get into the logistics of that later as a, as a training group to have because like if two people get sick then almost nobody's at practice but the the idea was we'll save some money on this and essentially the rest of these swimmers if they're college age we can encourage them to go swim in the u.s <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and some u.s college will pay for four years of development of one of our international caliber athletes, which since the dawn of me following college swimming, there's been um, there's been people in America complaining about, you know, like why is the university system being, our public university system is being used to fund foreign uh, countries, uh, you know, Olympic programs, but I've never really seen it from the other side where they go, you know what, maybe we should lean into this as an intentional strategy. She brings me all the way back to Summer McIntosh. She's training in Florida. Canada has invested some money in setting up national training centers, all sorts of, you know, sort of like infrastructure within the country. But I think a lot of their success over the last few years, if you if you sort of um, take out Penny Alexiac. A lot of their success has come from a sort of flexibility around having swimmers just train somewhere else (laughs) than Canada. Um, I don't know. I don't know what struck you about the summer stuff. I'm going to give you a chance to respond to that and you can pivot to whatever you want to talk about in terms of summer.
1: Pivot, man, that's, that was like, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about US Open. This whole thing is a pivot, but I think there's a lot that you just said there that, that you could unpack um, and one of the right. things was looking at U S open, I was like, it's kind of like a chore. I'm like, all right, we'll go through. But yeah, yeah. Like you said, Summer McIntosh is just, just amazing. Uh, and I liked watching the clips of her swims. I really like things going on there, but, but it is just one of those where it, it, I would have thought, you know, if, if, if you didn't know anything about swimming, you'd be like, just say, there's going to be tennis. Would you rather watch the junior national tennis or would you rather watch tennis U S open? Like, Oh, I'll go watch the U S open. Right now at Junior Nationals is like, oh my gosh, what an exciting meet this is! I mean, what Sam Piper did out west on the five hundred, just the women in general. Um, you, you, we were talking earlier about a, a guy four sixteen coming in. What place did he come in? Third. third in, in a, in a five hundred, yeah, and that used to be like you know, Division One powerhouse records. You know, used to be like that. Um, and it's I, one of the things I was thinking was is. Um, just, just the stepping stones of, like, what's the difference now between junior nationals, senior nationals, and, like, U.S. Open? It's like, they're all kind of like this. And it, I used to always think, like, well, this is this progression that we have. You go, you know, the state meet for the first time, next time you try to place, next time you're trying to get onto to juniors, juniors are trying to score, then you move to seniors. But now it's kind of like the stepping stones, like, here's your state meet, and then they're over the highway, Cross that other road to the right, way across the other lake. That's the next stepping stone. That's juniors. You know, there's, there isn't that little map out there to, to get from one spot to the other. And, again, I don't know if, that, if that's someone's job or not, but it just seems to be like, well, here's the cuts. Do that. Well, how? Right. Do that. And you'll figure it out just fine. And, um, and, and so that's, that's been the thing I just kind of was, was thinking about. I mean, these times you have Olympians swimming at juniors. Um, and more power to them. Right. I mean, if that becomes, you know, the goal, like you want your best 1800 or something, that's great. Um, but, but what you were saying was like, it was funny cause I was talking to a friend of mine and, and we came to the same thing. It was like, let's look at kind of Canada, uh, and what they've been doing. Cause I think in the past eight years, mo- probably more than that. Um, but it, it just seems like they really have, have got a good plan in place. Um, obviously probably more than eight years. I, I'm saying that in, in right away, there's going to be some viewer out there that like, you know, got on the bandwagon of some band early and has the T-shirt like, man, I've been following these guys for years. Like, I've been following Canadians for years. Good on you. Great. I'm just saying. Curtis good, Myden. Uh, no. It's like, good, good to you guys. You got your Canadian T-shirt. Good. But, I mean, back in when I was coaching uh, college in the early 90s, we would try to get Canadians yeah. all the time. And it was really hard to sure. get them out of the system because they're like, you know, we, we were going to get carded. We've got this financial things. And, and the club coaches did not want their kids to come out. But like you said, there's been a shift like that. Like, hey, go get yours. You know, well, yeah. the U.S. is kind of like going, do we want to like d- d- divest from the university st- system? You got other places like, hey, if you want out of it, we'll take it in. We'll send some kids. No worries.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I don't. See, I don't know if I want to credit Canadian swimming as having some genius master plan. Like, it is totally possible (laughs) that this is just a thing that happened. Just more people started just going, like, in fact, you know, I I have no idea. Maybe there's pressure on Summer McIntosh to train in Canada. And she's just going, like, and and her parents, I mean, she's a minor, right? So maybe she's just going, no, I want to be in Sarasota because it's the best place for me. I'm warm. You know, like... Yeah. I want to be, I want to swim outside. I don't want to be freezing my butt off when I go to morning practice. And, um, you know, I want Emma Lyon's coach to coach me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that like Taylor Ruck, you know, coming over to the U S or I guess she, she grew up in Arizona. Didn't she kind of, she's, she's one of those like, um, you know, I know that Kylie Moss has been a little bit um, around, like training outside of the country. I think, as far as I know, of course, could, we don't have—I don't think—dedicated enough listeners, non-Romanian listeners, to correct us. Only when we make a pup of each video and we we mess up our yeah, Soviet yeah. history, that's when we get corrected, Joel. But I don't think there's—I don't think there's a hardcore Canadian fan that um, is going to is going to correct. I I, I do. Th- think though that yeah like Canada is a good example of you know an, I guess an untapped opportunity even though places have been capitalizing on the opportunity of the American university system but like I I think there's a opportunity where if I go back to the Denmark example where somebody could like intentionally use that as a strategy and like bone up on knowledge about where it might actually be good to send athletes, you know, so that they swim fast in long course in the summer, because right now, again, it's a haphazard strategy. It's just sort of like, well, you know, whoever is the most charming on a Skype call with (laughs) this kid from our country, that's where they'll go. You know,
1: I think one other thing you talked about a little bit was like kind of that, um, the idea of where you send your elite kids. Like Denmark was able to kind of start to go, okay, well, we're going to send to our elite. And I, I was, as you mentioned, I was kind of thinking, you know, obviously the elite of of a program of any team, well, Sandpiper obviously looks like half their teams, <laughs> they're all elite. But for most most of the regular right. shows, you know, elite, you got one or two kids. And really how much programming yeah. can you do for one or two when you, you got to feed the monkey, man, you know, you got to like, I need at least five lanes to pay for that one lane. And so how much programming can you really do for the elite? And obviously, I think that's where the professional team started coming about was like, we can program just for these people. We don't need to go to these all day format meets or what have you. But I, I think that's one of the, the, the issues here, too, is, um, you know, you got kids coming out of high school. You got kids with these, these all sorts of like different ranges of ability. And, you know, you got to make them all happy. And that that's you know, obviously not an easy task to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, so that actually reminds me of a, maybe a B storyline from U.S. Open. The other thing that came across for me was the pro group that sort of recently formed out in Arizona. There's some nice results yeah, yeah. out of that. And people listening to the podcast know I'm not the world's biggest Bob Bowman fan. But, um, you know, credit where credit's due. Chase Kalish is swimming better than ever. Yeah. Reagan Smith seems to be swimming better right, than ever back on track, So, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I think those are two sort of, um, notable storylines out of, uh, out of us open that, that, that there is something at least in the preliminary results that that's positive. That's coming out
1: of it. Yeah. I think another, like the C topic line out of, of us open is they're like talking about how, <laughs> how like, Oh, look at these people catching up to Kayla decky. And I think LeBron James has kind of ruined it for everybody. Because instead of being right. like, "Oh my gosh, look at this woman continuing at this elite level for however right. twelve years has it been, really, and whatever it is," and like, like, well, yeah, but look at LeBron; he's like forty. Like, at some point, we got to be like, "Dang, this is or Phelps." Same thing; you ruined it for everybody. You know, the bar is now. You got to keep on going for twenty six. How many? How many years is she supposed to be the number one swimmer? But it's just just amazing to stay at this level. And I think so many times we're like, well, yeah, it's Kayla Decker. She's the goat. Nonetheless, it's like, that's (laughs) incredible. The the level that she's able to sustain and keep on going. It's just, just amazing.
0: Yeah. It'd be really, I think it'd be really interesting to see how this Macintosh stuff develops because, um, you know, a part of having that longe- longevity in swimming is that you have to be able to withstand. I mean, there's right. literally kind of a new generation every four to five years. Right, right. So, so if you're going to be good for as long as Ledecky is, like she's sort of entering her third generation of challengers. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of um, like
1: the, I, I know you love when I when I bring up like football analogies,
0: <laughs> but like oh yeah, the foot foot touch. Yeah,
1: like a, Derek Henry, who's an elite level running back. He's been in the league for 11 years. He's going to be a Hall of Fame. He's been to like maybe two Pro Bowls, maybe three tops because all these other ones have right. come in for two years. Todd Gurley, two, three years, and then they're done. Two, three years. To, to have sustained excellence like that is just amazing. And, and like you said, withstanding so many basically elite athletes from all over the world coming again and again and again and still maintaining this. It's not like you know, she's blowing the doors off people like she used to, but I think the, the, the awesome thing is how she's moved the bar of what's possible so that all these other people are kind of now kind of knocking on the door.
0: Is, is Curtis Martin still playing in the league? You know, I liked him at running back. Is he uh, still I, I, in there?
1: Probably probably picking up some Emmitt Smith. Rips here or there. What
0: about Emmett Smith? <laughs> all
1: right, Next topic.
0: All right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, there were a couple articles, you know, there had sort of been uh, no news with regards to um, Terry McKeever and having been uh, removed as coach, I guess she was placed on administrative leave Mm -hmm. is uh, the official legalese we're using to describe her situation at Cal. Um, And there's just been basically no news for this entire year. And then there were a couple articles that came out um, in the lead up here over the last few weeks in the lead up, I guess, I don't know if they were intentionally placed in the lead up to Cal their midseason invite, but it is sort of um, suspicious timing. The first one that I wanna get your reaction to was um, a 48 people writing a uh, letter supporting McKeever. And this was, of course, according to the Orange County Register, one of them was a, a former athlete um, that she coached, Alicia Wilson. There's some really um, notable uh, coaches on this list, Jill Sterkel. Um, who coached at University of Texas, Kathy Wright-Egger, former Purdue head coach, um, Susan Teeter, former head coach of Princeton, and um, uh, at the end of this, too, Mike Stromberg, a, a club coach out in Colorado. He used to
1: coach at uh, North what Dakota, did... University of North Dakota. He was long yeah, time. yeah, long-time yeah. coach. At,
0: yeah, really successful at North Dakota, yeah. which, like, Anybody who can be extremely successful at North Dakota probably puts you yeah. at, in the 99th percentile of swim coaches. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it just, that's just my opinion. So what do you make of this um, article with people coming up and some of the quotes that, uh, that they, they had? Because I've got my opinion, but I'm curious to hear from you first.
1: Um, well, I, I think it was. it's one of those where I was kind of interested in, in how it's all these like retired coaches. But right? I think that's kind of how it has to be. In a situation like this, yeah. was again, you never want to be on the wrong side of of, of a story like this. Like you, you know, again, right. when we step back, because if you, if you start to say anything right away, people are like, well, this coach did this for me, or you're you're completely insensitive about this. Take the, like the Weinstein issue, where if all of a sudden an actor or actress uh, came out and said, you know what, you never did anything bad to me, all of a sudden is like that is that you know that's basically saying everyone else that you lied in a sense even though it was like, well, this is my right. thing. And so, so no one wants to be on that side of it. But I think it, as, as it sits around for a little while, people are like, you know what, maybe I could, and obviously when there's a r- letter writing and, and they bring up 48, someone like the lawyer, or someone probably behind the scenes, like, Hey, if, if you guys want to let, write a letter in, in support of her, that'd be great. I, I remember like when it first came out, uh, one of the athletes wrote in a letter saying they, they said what they wanted to say. I'm not saying that, you know, anyone's lying or anything like that. I'm saying that they have their view of, of things and I have my view of things and I just want to state my view as well. And so she was counter to the you know, the accusations. Uh, and again, not, not picking aside, but just, just, I think that kind of opens the door a little bit where you're like, you know, I want to write in support. I want to write what I think. But I think also there's a lot of people out there who will be like, I don't, you know, if you've if a current job, you know, you're like, there's there's no winning for you other than just doing what you think is right in your own head. Cause there's, there's a million ways to lose your job, you know? And, and this, this oh. actually, actually is one of them. You, you know, if you come out on the wrong side of a story and you're like, Hey, in that Twitter post or on your Instagram, you put this, that's it.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. There's massive. One of the reasons why almost every coach, every, every NCAA coach, I'll say at least, that was named in this is retired right. that, yeah, this one's um, is because out there's me. massive downside, right? Yeah. Massive downside, um, to any, almost any opinion on this, you know, like I, I actually think even on the other side, like if you were to come out as a current NCAA coach, really hard against Terry, you probably put, Somewhat of a target on your back as well, yeah. Because yeah, you know, direction. like maybe sure. you got that one kid on your team that reads it and goes, like, "Hey, you did some of that stuff too." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm going to go talk to the AD and show him this, you know, this post that you sent, yeah. and like, here's what you did. You know, like, it just—I don't know that there's any upside. So, so I, I I'm not surprised. Um, I guess at the the list of people, these are all um, women who were really successful in NCAA coaching. Um, and I am, and I've said this before, and I'm not sure uh, if I've said it fully this way before, I am definitely not unbiased in reading some of this Terry McKeever stuff. And that's because um, I have heard from a couple of athletes at Cal um, in the in the interim from when this story broke until now, one of whom I knew personally prior to uh, swimming at Cal, and um, in those phone calls, they confirmed a lot of stuff that was in the article for me. And essentially, in in my own personal life, like that's that's good enough for me. I guess I read this and I think Confir- there's a vein of truth. As
1: in, like confirmed. What's what side? What do you mean by confirmed?
0: They they confirmed. You know, like uh, to me, when I read the original article, you know, the description of. Uh, and people can go back and, and read this, the the description of Terry greeting people at practice, like, Hey, you piece of shit, okay, you know, like that is, um, something that I read and went, well, that's, I mean, if you're repeatedly calling people a piece of shit at practice, like that's, that's a fireable offense. Right. Right. And, um, I was very curious as to whether that was legit or not. I feel satisfied that that's legitimately something that happened okay. at at Cal. Um, but what I will say is I think it can both be true what the lawyer is asserting in this, which is that she was discriminated against right. on the right. basis of her gender. I, I, I've said in other forums, I think you could easily write the same article with some of the same – Anecdotes, same um, recollections from athletes. About fifty male Division One head swimming and diving coaches, and you won't see that article written because they're not as vulnerable to this, like this attack. And this was coordinated, I think, on some level. Like um, I'm not accusing anyone of forming a conspiracy. Not not accusing any of the swimmers of forming a conspiracy, but it's it's like the 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 way that it was organized <laughs> um just doesn't doesn't ring of just sort of like an organic formation of of this stuff and i guess that's as as specific as i'm going to get okay. the, the second thing that i see in these quotes is it's it's really I don't know what to say. It's it's, reading like I'll I'll just read one of these and then sort of react to it. And maybe that'll give me a chance to explain what I'm about to make as a point. So we've got um, Susan Teeter. As a women's coach, I have seen years of immature athletes who take on the role of, quote, mean girls and become toxic and hateful, which is what I believe you have on your hands right now said Teeter, who coached at the NCAA division level for 45 years. This generation of athletes seems to think if they don't get their way, they will create a way to deal with whoever stands in their way. Um, and like, that's, man, that is a rough way to talk about people that
1: you coach. It's, it's a rough way to talk about a whole generation. And, and maybe yeah. if, I, if I talk like formulate more, but the idea again, uh, that, um, that this freedom that's, that student-athletes have, maybe it's a, the pendulum swung a little too far one direction or not, I'm not sure. Um, but having them have more of a voice and more of a say, I think, it is a positive thing. Um, I, I read this article, again, with the same kind of bias and just try to step back. Is like, how, how could this be prevented in the future? And one right. of, the, one of the, the steps that they currently have in place are, are the end-of-the-season reviews. And what I got out of this article is every one of her end of the season reviews was exceptional. And, and so that's the thing. is like that's, that's the marker, isn't it? Or is it, That's one of the safeguards. Like the checks and balances are out if, if every year this has been going on where, where you said you had an athlete that said it, where there's two athletes said it here, and yet it's not coming through. And so that, that's what I would yeah. like is, is what are we supposed to have? Like an, a compliance officer sit on deck with every practice, not just swimming, but every practice. Football, swimming, everything. you're going to have another layer of bureaucracy just there to listen or, or you know d- d- maybe a secondary, like the sports psychology departments a lot of places have, you have a secondary kind of HR kind of department, you know because that's, that's basically what we're talking about now. If, if athletes become paid, it's like, well, you're employees so employees have an HR department. you know who's the HR department for a university for an athlete with a complaint like this? Um, the, the big issue that I, I thought came out in the very first article with all this was not about what was said, uh, who's wrong or things like that, but the standard that was set up as far as like the expectations of what a coach is, especially a female coach versus a male coach. And so basically, if a female coach is not the, the uh, classic kind of nurturing motherly type, you know, right away is is that something where in a sense that you are now going to be you know subject to a lot of other accusations you know you, um you know skip kenny you know marine sniper all these things the the level of expectation that he was given he's like oh he's a marine ah, some marines will do so you know again you, the it, it seemed like the bar is set at a much different level than this is someone that should be more motherly i i don't I don't know. Again, that's
0: no, I mean, a hundred percent. And you bring up the skip Kenny example and like rest in peace, skip Kenny. Um, But I'm like reading, I'm glad at least that, you know, the articles um, around his death recognize the fact that this guy was so petty uh, as a coach that at the end, he was purposely erasing people's records because he didn't like them. You know what I mean? Like, and you cannot tell me that somebody who did something that publicly petty was not extremely petty and did some stuff that might, might even make what was described in the Terry McKeever article look like child's play. Uh, th- I mean, like, so-
1: uh, I do wanna open up this <laughs> so, can yes. worms here on this. I was just saying that, again, the expectation of, I just thought immediately, like, a skip counting who is a Marine. Again, there's a di- like almost like a different right. set of standards for whatever occupation you right. might've had beforehand. You know, it's like, I would've expected more from a Marine. <laughs> like, what? And, and, I, I you and if you're, sensitive. if you're a woman, you're right.
0: If you're a woman, your previous occupation is woman.
1: Yeah. 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 So, you know, so again, like, like no one came at him going to, you know, you were in the Marine Corps, I'd expect a lot more sensitivity from you, 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 you know, but, but right. yet it's the same like this. And so you can't really go across schools too much, but within the own, your own athletic department, what are the standards that they're holding, you know, those coaches to, and is it going to be different sets of standards for the the so called like uh, money sports? You know, like a basketball coach and football coach, is that a different set of standards that, than than you have for the what they call Olympic sports coaches? Um, and and that's yeah. Again, it, again, from what all this comes out, I'm really interested to see like what they come down to as far as like this, if there, you know, obviously there are standards differences between men and women and standards differences between between sports within an athletic department, much less across schools and things like that. And, and more importantly, I think it'd be nice to have something codified in place where you, you can say, if you have an issue with a coach, this is the the step to go to immediately.
0: Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, We've been over this. This has been a consistent theme on the podcast: the HR failings of yeah, yeah. university athletic departments. I, mean, I had my own experience with them back in the day, and it's just and that they're, was as a they're, coach. they're almost non-existent. <laughs> yeah. yes, that was as an actual employee, and um, they're just they're just non-existent. You listen to the Steve Meller podcast that I had. You know, like I guess he was um, pretty, I think um, diplomatic about his time ending at LSU, but you have to imagine that there was there was an HR solution to what happened there. Nikki Kett, who've had on this podcast talking about her time at Penn and Michigan. Like if you listen to that as a normal person who like works in HR in a normal workplace, you'd be like, I I cannot believe that this is like acceptable behavior. And so I hate that. I guess that the, that I feel like the only two outcomes we can have from resolving this story is Either um, Terry loses her lawsuit, right? And we go, well, I guess the judgment was that it was totally fair that she was removed. And like, I do not believe that on any level. I do not believe that it was fair. I'll just, I'll, I'll have happy to come out and have my own um, opinion on that. But on the other side, if Terry wins her lawsuit, we can go, well, well, Nothing bad happened here, and it was just totally. It was everything was unfair. Like I, I, I know that that's just sort of life that will end up with a black or white um, resolution to this two thing. But I do think to to, to this situation. But I just think um, the, the true answer is somewhere in between. And yeah, like something in between would probably um, help us to define a little bit better what a a acceptable standard for um coaching behavior is that could be applied and that maybe swimmers at you know any number of other schools um could say like hey this you know like there's been a judgment against this um so it's 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 difficult uh speaking of standards i i just want to bring in the other article and i actually brought this up just before the podcast um And you hadn't read this one yet, so I'm going to read a little bit of it and let you react to it in real time. Um, This is um, just updating that, you know, uh, Cal at the outset of this said, we're going to investigate this could take up to six months. Well, it's been six months, right, Mm -hmm. with their independent investigation. I don't even I mean, if you want to get into it, fine, but I don't even want to get into I'm putting scare quotes for everybody listening around independent investigation because Oh, okay, fine. I'm going to get into it, Joel. Man, you, you, you looked, I didn't mean to You looked to curious boundary. enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that the the idea that this is independent anyway, and not Cal basically paying a lawyer to research whether they have any liability yeah. in this yeah, yeah. is is that's that's what it is, right? That's not independent. It, this person is being paid by Cal to do their best to like see what kind of liability cal has because they're maybe assuming that they have some some level of liability and they just want to minimize that i don't know some you know some somebody who's a better lawyer can can figure out that part but mckeever's lawyer this guy thomas newkirk who um has has won a couple judgments for gender discrimination most notably petra um i'm blanking on her last name from rutgers right now janelle atkinson at stony brook um two sort of kind of lower profile ones. And he, uh, he writes in and actually asks the question that, that you and I have just been discussing that. And he says, I ask everyone the same question. Do you have any effing clue, um, I'm changing the expletive because we already did two expletives on this podcast, we, um, what coaching we standards see. are? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, did. Yeah. Quote, how is a coach supposed to behave? No one has answered the simple question that one time. What you're doing is interpreting Terry's entire coaching career through the lens of about 10% of her athletes who have a negative reaction. Um, Division I athletics is incredibly difficult. Lots of people can have real honest depression. It's a character building process that is going to have consequences for anybody, including a Dave Durden team. But did you bother to check out how Dave Durden is coaching before you accuse Terry of being abusive? She has 28 years and thousands of witnesses who said she wasn't. Quote, he goes on, does Dave Durden put pressure on his athletes to perform? Does he put serious pressure on them? Does he control their eating, control their sleeping? Does he control things that are beyond mm-hmm. even what Terry McKeever's doing? I assure you he likely does because he runs an elite program. Um, no one's actually determining what the standards of coaching are, including the administration, to know where the line is, he continued. Like for example I'm speaking with passion and an extra 10% of volume in my voice because this is a thing I feel passionate about. Am I over the line because I said effing once? How do we know? I think he's addressing my criticism right yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got to look uh at other lawyers and look at how they talk on the phone when advocating their position. Oh, he's good. Am I over the line or not? Yeah, I mean, look, well, the, the, he is that good. Part is like good.
1: obviously is any swim coach reading that would be like they don't like how you're throwing another program under the bus like that, like right away, like because you get you sure. said like Dave Durden, likely, L- likely. Was, again, we we don't go to go to courts of law over likely. It's a very
0: ambiguous accusation at at, at Dave Durden, We're,
1: right? Yeah. And so that's the thing is that, that has nothing to do with courtroom. You know, likely you don't bring up likely. That's Fox News. You know what I've been reading about is right. uh, communists marching the streets of again. You are like that's that's not. Really, it, it, how you, how you'd like it to come about? But I I think that like we were talking about earlier was the idea of what's the outcome going to be? You know, as you mentioned, like it's going to be, you know, it's we all we all want it to be in a, in a tidy little box. Like, okay, well, this is, person's guilty, therefore everything they've ever done is wrong, and we're going to expunge the record. Like, you can't listen to a Michael Jackson album anymore because now you're supporting someone that's a pedophile. It, it's the same kind of thing here. We're like, well, you can't say anything that's happened in the past is good because this has happened here. And, and so it becomes one of those where the outcome for this, and I think why they're so passionate about it, has nothing to do with her retaining her job anymore. Obviously, she can't return her, retain her job. The, right. In the court of, of public opinion, which is what recruiting is, you're not going to get another recruit, not, not an elite-level, high-level recruit like, like you want to get. It, it, the outcome is, I think, She's trying to protect her legacy. I'm I'm sure her retirement's intact. I'm sure her pension for years is intact. It's it's not like she's, you know, going to lose out on all these endorsement deals that us ex-coaches seem to be just, like, you know, wading into. What what she's fighting for is her legacy. And what she's fighting for is going to be the legacy of what, you know, other women coaches out there, you know, someone that can be on the Olympic staff. They can be the head Olympic coach. Uh, because it's it's so rare for women to get these opportunities. So I I understand his passion. I understand her passion. But I think in the end, obviously, it's no longer about the job. I mean, that's that's gone in the the six months for her. It's going to be like whatever it takes, because this is this is my legacy, because all those other things that she's done will be thrown away, too. Uh, And again, I'm not trying to hop on either side of this. I'm just trying to step back a little bit and look at it as like what's What's going to come out of this you know, for the athletes in the future, not just the athletes that, that were uh, in the program, but all athletes? What's going to happen for women yeah. coaches? And again, not just Terry, but all women coaches and, and, and all of us coaches, too, club coaches, college coaches. What are the standards that we're going to abide by? Like, like I was saying with Skip King being a Marine, is he going to be afforded more you know, leeway? It's like if I'm coaching football, I'm afforded a lot more leeway. But I'm the swimming coach, so I'm supposed to be a different kind of coach than the football coach. Uh, obviously, you'd hope so. But but again, now that it becomes legally binding. You know, you, you acted like the football coach in this regards. Therefore, you too can go to the court. Um, so that, that, I think there's a lot of things that are at play. I know a lot of people probably just wanted to go away and, and, and not hear about it. But I think there's a lot of things that apply to every single level of coaching, men, women. Uh, Everyone like that, um, so it, yeah.
0: no, no, I, I, yeah, I think you're right, and it's, it's, um, it makes me think more than anything that this is. You're right. There's no scenario at the end of this where Terry McKeever comes back as Cal coach. I just can't foresee it. I think honestly they are open <laughs> negotiating that at least Terry's lawyer is negotiating out an open a settlement because. When he introduces stuff like this, first, I think, you know, there's a couple layers to what he's doing. The the swearing, I have to believe, is not totally intentional. Oh, yeah. It, I to, thought that was genius. It's basically arguing his case. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, no, man, I, I, mean, didn't,
1: I didn't see that coming. Like, man, I got hit with a blind side. I can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the other end of it is when he hints at the dirt and stuff, you know, he's basically saying to Cal, hey, right. Cal, do you want to um, have depositions where I find – the most disgruntled former athlete of Dave Durden and put him up on the stand and have him share every grievance he has with Dave Durden, like in open court, or do you want to, do you want to sell I think
1: this? like I mentioned earlier, it's we, we, uh, we can't compare like Stanford to Cal, but they're going to compare within the athletic department. And so they're going to start with as close to apples to apples as you can with the men's program. Yeah. But I guarantee they're going to go through every program. Hey, there's a men's soccer team and right. a women's soccer team. What are the standards you held there? There's baseball, there's softball. What are the standards? Are they? And again, So it's just going to go case by case. So it, they're definitely going to go scorched earth. There, there's no going back to this, this athletic department. They're going to burn the whole place down. Um, again, when they're throwing the name Dave Durden out there, it, I think the idea was just that they're going to start comparing swim program to swim program right now. Next step is going to be, how about right. that football program? Every one of these coaches clean? How about this? How come this person who has exceptional records all the way through? And again, I'm not saying that that makes someone innocent. I'm saying it's it's a fault on their part that they didn't have more accountability or more procedures in place. But nonetheless, like so, you're just going to have all those procedures now for swimming team. What about all the other sports I just mentioned? And and I think that's why they're going to go scorchers throughout. And it's going to sound. It sounds like me. My knee jerk reaction is, man, they're throwing throwing the men's program under the bus and that's definitely not right. But uh, again, when, when I stop and take a step back where I started to think like, this isn't about getting a job or holding a job. This is about protecting a legacy. That's what you're going to end up doing. Go scorched earth. And right now it's going to be the whole athletic department is what they're talking about bringing down. And it, I I got a feeling it's not going to be about the money. It's going to be about, I just want my legacy to be somewhat intact from this, which I don't know if you can at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, who knows? Okay, so let's get to the um, last thing that uh, I wanted to talk about because somebody told me this. Um, actually, credit to um, Ryan Bubb, who I talked to on the phone a week and a half ago, uh, who's a coach who clued me in to this existence of this. And then, of course, there was a convenient article that came out pretty, pretty uh, just a few days afterwards. So it gave us an opportunity to reference something. Um, essentially, what's happening in NCAA Division I recruiting is that there's been some changes to the transfer procedure. And like transfers overall have seen pretty sort of kind of chaotic change in the transfer system, even in the last 10 years since since uh, I was a, a college swim coach. Things, you know, the existence of the transfer portal and the sort of ease of transfer um, for student athletes has gone up considerably, we've seen more people transfer. Obviously there's been sort of maybe some extra transfers in, in swimming um, and some other sports, I, I would guess, I don't know about other sports, um, with, swimmer, with people getting another year of eligibility um, due to the pandemic. So we're sort of coming to the end of that relatively soon. But what this rule uh, change says is um, that an athlete is guaranteed whatever scholarship they are offered at the point of transfer for the duration of their eligibility. And this, as, as I've seen it interpreted, means also regardless of whether they actually swim or do anything at the school that they transfer to. So they could transfer theoretically. Um, I don't know how many people would actually do this. They could transfer, get a 40% scholarship quit the next day and they would have their scholarship paid through the end of, you know, whenever their eligibility, they could go one place for a year and have three years left and have three years of scholarship and not compete in the sport of swimming or practice the sport of swimming from that point forward. Um, and so it's a pretty dramatic change. And I think when I listened to it first, like I had this sort of shock and, uh, shock and awe reaction. Like I was like, Oh man, this is gonna like this is gonna make transferring so fraught and um, wow, that's so unfair to the schools and this that and the other thing. And I went, you know what? <laughs> After I thought about it for like ten more minutes, I I decided this is a good thing. This is a good thing um, because what it what it I think ultimately will do down the line is First off, if you're looking at somebody as a transfer, you got to do your job vetting vetting that person first, right? So if we, if we present that nightmare scenario that I proposed, like you got to do your job in recruiting and make sure you have somebody that's still interested in competing in the sport of swimming first. Second of all, I'll go back to my first college coaching experience was at the University of Pennsylvania. We had no scholarships, right? And the only thing that we had, it was sort of similar to this. The only thing that we had to use, our only carrot in recruiting was admissions. Well, kids got into the school and then they could quit the day after they were admitted. They could quit swimming and they still got into Penn. It's <laughs> not, like, not like Penn was going to rescind their you know um, admissions letter. They could just do that. And what it created for us as coaches is we had to give them a reason to swim. We couldn't just intimidate them into swimming because they could just go, I'm out. Like, I don't, you, you, you're an ass. I don't want to swim here. Like I'll go do something else with my life. I'm a 19 year old who's going to the university of Pennsylvania. The world is my oyster. Like I can do whatever I want. And I thought, it actually made me a lot better as a coach because I just didn't, I had, I basically got disarmed from using, you know, sort of any sort of threats or fear or intimidation. Oh, we'll pull this from you if you don't do what we ask you to do. So I actually think it's a positive heading into um, an era where, you know, college coaches have been sort of disarmed on that level. What what was your reaction?
1: Well, I I had like a lot of thoughts on this as far as questions because like as you said you didn't have scholarships so what happens if someone is on scholarship at a university they go to harvard Harvard's supposed to come up with a scholarship again it's so like you go to a non-scholarship school then there's there's no it says it's guaranteed i guess i'm wondering if they can rescind it no no it's
0: the school it's what the school on the other end offers you so if you're going to transfer to harvard You, you won't get offered a scholarship.
1: Right, 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 right. Okay, so that's the thing is I remember d- dealing with Division 3 There would be some of these like private schools that would all of a sudden offer the moon for year one. They're like, we're going to give you like 95%. It's going to be cheaper than going anywhere in the world. And then the second year, all of a sudden, yeah, we're down to 50%. And then third year, all those, those scholarships aren't available. You're so that's what I like was the idea that you, it's almost like you kind of get locked in a little bit more um, so that you're not right. all of a sudden. Because they know, especially if you transfer once, you're not probably going to want to transfer again because you've already lost a bunch of credits. You're going to lose more time. You've got to right. uproot and things. And I think sometimes that people look at sports too much like they look at their fantasy football team. Well, I'll just switch this for this. And, and forget the humanity of the kids being like, I don't want to move again. I don't want to leave more friends again. I don't want to do that again. And and the transfers that I see aren't always the elite athletes seeking out. In this case, it's like you said with COVID, it's a lot of people looking to get a, a grad school year for free. Like, great. I'm going to start right. getting my MBA paid for. That's awesome. And I got one year into it and I get to swim. Or I, I see a lot of people basically – just I, I want to come home and swim closer to home, and and that's more often than not. I think a lot of times we get caught up in the you know the the anger and the negativity of like oh they're just angry at this. It's like well no they're not angry. They're, they're just homesick. It's an 18 year old kid that committed when she was 14. You know what what do you expect? You know things change and, right. and didn't realize that that's you know they're like my dream is to swim you know wherever it might be, and all of a sudden they realize you know. what? That's my dream. What I really like, those I like to be close to my friends and family, and I want to move home, um, and, and that happens too. I think we, we think too often. The first thought is about the disgruntled athlete, and and rather than again the, the people that are going to benefit. And so I, I always try to look at it like you know if it's one person taking advantage of the system, but nine people getting help from the system. You know, let, let's help the nine, and every now and then one will use it in in a negative way, and that's fine. Um, but I, like you said, I think it's right for the athlete to be, uh, you know, guaranteed if the, this is what they're they're getting and they're going to be able to get that, then then they should be held to that. Of course, you know the standards of work and things. Right away, we think, well, what about the one lazy kid? It's like in all my years of coaching swimming, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids. Yeah, you get you get a couple, a couple out of a hundred. <laughs> and that that's right. a huge number. I, I'm like rounding up to get to two out of a hundred. You know, it's probably closer to like, you know, maybe a thousand, one in a thousand. We, we just don't see it. And so for people to get upset and think about the school, I think it's all funny money anyway. Scholarships. Scholarships make cryptocurrency look like solid, solid investments at this point. Scholarships are like it's just error. You know, they 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 just say it's yeah. money. It's not money. It's just a kid sitting in class for free. Come on. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a thing that they've inflated the value of so much and then they'll say, Oh, but we'll give you a discount. Yeah.
1: Like right. what? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, the Black Friday markups of the university system. They've increased the prices by 100%. Like a- and now we're going to give it to you for 50, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, hey, uh, Joel, I got this thirty thousand dollar TV to I'll sell it to you for only seven grand.
1: Right, right.
0: Like, what? I don't want to spend seven grand on a TV. <laughs> and, and,
1: and not only that, and the NCAA system is like, and that we're going to tell you what kind of TV it is because those other ones aren't going to fit into our practice sc- times or schedules. So you're just going to have to deal with this. Right. So here's your major. Right. For seventh, I didn't want that. Right. One. So yeah, I, th- I think there's so many flaws in the system, and. You know, if you can if you can somehow guarantee something to a kid, I'm all for it at this point. And then when if I ever coach division yeah. one, then I'm gonna to be totally against it and I wanna want more power back. So but for now I'm all for it. Yeah, you effort. want more
0: power back so you can intimidate kids. Intimidation, right? that's the way to go. Yeah, say,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna to say too, I mean, as you're talking about the two out of one hundred, I go, if you're coaching in college, you know, at first like obviously there's there's a difference as you go to different levels, but ultimately you've got somebody who chose to keep swimming after they left the, 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 you know, their parents. Yeah. (laughs) Right. If, if you have a lot of those people who don't want to show up to practice and do like the sort of like, you probably need to look inside.
1: A they, usually, a they usually have already weaned themselves out first day because like I think it's like 7% of, of swimmers that were in high school swimming or club swimming actually swim in college. And so if you get one of those 7% and they're already out, it's like they're going to be out anyway, so it's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, we're talking about Division one athletes that are going to be offered a scholarship. How many of those uh, – are going to be people that are really unmotivated yeah, to swing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm glad that um, we had a lot of crossover on that. I guess I did read it first as, as a cranky coach. <laughs> um, and and uh, I want to come out publicly in favor of the rule change since I know there's going to be a lot of people complaining about it. We might get more anger back on that one than, um, than even the uh, streamlined
1: stuff. No, you Joel, you, so we'll you invoked the name of, of a former Stanford coach. You did. And so I, I see oh, the yeah. email coming in and it was not me. So, yeah. And so we'll just. Uh, I just
0: that. want everybody to know that, that Joel supplied me with all my Skip Kenny talking points yeah, before yeah. the podcast. Right, right. He said, you say this because I don't. Want to be saying it, but I want somebody to say. It. I think somebody should say it. Yeah, you, it shouldn't be. Me. I'm
1: dealing with Romania. So. You're dealing with, with all of Stanford now because yeah. you already bashed the women's program. Now you bashed the men's program. That's right. All right, I'll skip. Yeah,
0: you know, like I listen. I slam against Tobias Orwall at a meet in Canada. When I say swam against, I think I, I saw him in the distance. Yeah, you swam against. He was, <laughs> he
1: was swimming against someone else a little bit farther along. Yeah,
0: he was he was a, he was. I don't think anybody was really swimming against him oh, yeah. in the meet that I showed up to. Um, so that makes us best friends. And I took it personally when uh, Skip erased his record. So yeah. you know that's just that's just how it is. Understood. Um, all right. Everybody, thank you for listening. Um, Joel, thank you for being here. If you want more positive psychology-based social media content, you can go to Christy underscore coach at Instagram. Christy Sanis Coaching on Facebook. Like and subscribe. Give me your Skip Kenny opinions in the comments. Give me your U.S. Open opinions. Uh, Give me your Canadian swimming opinions. You know, Give, give us some opinions down in the comment section of this. I, I'm going to just keep begging until the day that we actually start getting people's opinions. Yeah, I'll read them. And then I'm probably going to say, please stop, please, because yeah. <laughs> I know what commenting on the internet looks like. Anyway, thank you to everybody. And um, we'll uh, we'll be back, I think,
1: next week as well. Thank you. Done.